following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. And it is time for a Thursday edition of Mixed Shots as we get you set for opening week in the National Football League. In fact, this is opening day in the National Football League. We've got football tonight at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City as the defending Super Bowl champion Chiefs take on the Houston Texans. But of course, we're more interested in Sunday night football at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Mickey Spagnola, it's the Cowboys and the Rams and a padded practice outdoors today. The Cowboys getting geared up for some football as you sit there in the, you're in the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Everson Walls should be joining us shortly. That sounds like a, a lead-in from Joe Buck. And along shortly will be Everson Walls. Uh, <laughs> yes, right. I am in, in the studio. I've uh, always aspired to be Joe Buck. Right? Well, you, 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 I think you played it well. Uh, yeah, and I can hear you perfectly. I don't think we're in delay this time. I've got my own headset on, so uh, we should be good to go. And we're working through our kinks like the Cowboys working through their kinks. Uh, getting right. And think about this, Bill. We, do we have all four sports going at once tonight? We've got hockey, baseball, and well, basketball. That, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, that, that's right. Uh, the local baseball team, the Rangers, actually playing this afternoon. Stars are playing tonight. We've got the NFL game that's going to sweep the ratings. You know that. And uh, Rockets playing the Lakers uh, tonight, an earlier start at 6 o'clock. Uh, and I think that they did that purposely, knowing that the NFL was going to be reigning supreme starting at 7.20, or a little bit earlier than 7.20 with all the pregame stuff. Uh, but it's, it's here, finally. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting, Mickey. I've, I've charted it from the beginning of this pandemic, just counting down the days, praying that this thing will get over in time for football season for sure. Here we are today, this very day. Okay, I'm going to write this we down. We the six... We are at the six-month mark on this pandemic. Uh, Rudy Gobert couldn't take the court, uh, was diagnosed with COVID-19 on March 11th, which was a Wednesday night. That's when our sports world shut down. NCAA tournament was called off, or the conference tournaments, and then the NCAA tournament shut down the next day, which was a Thursday. We are precisely at the six-month mark right now as we kick off this NFL season. And it seems like a year, actually. Uh, Those are the long seems six like months, right? Yeah, long six months. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, and we're, we're not here. totally out of it yet. No, but, but at least but it's it, starting, it seems like right? The, yeah, yeah. And it, and it seems like the NFL has the protocols in place that they knock on wood will be able to uh, get this thing going uh, without a hitch. Uh, and they certainly have done their homework and they follow the lead of some other sports. Uh, of course, baseball's been doing it in home ballparks, um, but you know, they're gonna go to a bubble uh, once they get to the postseason. In fact, one of those bubbles is gonna be How about right that? here in uh, the Metroplex. Yeah, the Rangers are actually gonna host the World Series as well as the National League Championship Series and a, a National League uh, Division Series. Uh, and that's the closest the Rangers will get to the World Series uh, <laughs> yeah, this year. You think? But, but, 
you know, we got we got so much to talk about uh, about this matchup, and uh, when Everson uh, uh, rejoins us here in, in just a little bit, I, I gave him the assignment at the start of the week. I wanted him to study up on this Van Jefferson, the rookie receiver for the Rams, but uh, they've got a potent offense over there, and uh, we've all talked about how potent this Cowboys offense is. I think it's it's going to make for uh, some kind of Sunday night. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And, you know, while there's so much unknown uh, for us following the team, uh, you know, listening to Mike McCarthy, it sounds like there's a good bit of unknown for the coaching staff going forward, not about his own team, and and maybe a little bit, but about what the Rams are going to do. You know, they've got a new defensive coordinator. they got some new uh, coaches on the staff. And, you know, he keeps pointing out, he goes, you know, there'll be 30% of the stuff that uh, the other team's doing that you're going to have to adjust to, that you really don't know uh, what's going on, and maybe even with themselves. So to me, uh, these coaching staffs are going to have to be nimble on their feet, making adjustments, and not waiting to halftime, by the way, uh, doing it in-game when they start seeing what the other team's going to do. Because no one really has an idea of what's going to go on. And, and without a preseason game, you know, you may think your team's ready and the execution is great, but gosh, until it's for real, you, you, you really just can't know. And, you know, as hard as it is for us, imagine if you were a coach. Uh, my stomach would be a knots, uh, kind of just thinking I know about my team, but not really knowing. And they've had so much extra time uh, throughout the pandemic uh, to study all the tape that they can get their hands on. Uh, and, and so it's, uh, it's almost like you have to guard against having too much information, probably, as far as a coach goes. Uh, going into this thing, but you know, the, the, one of the main concerns I would have uh, is, yeah, I mean, the, the the starters don't play that much in the preseason, but yeah, and you can try to simulate uh, game speed out on the practice field, game hits on the practice field, but you really don't know until you start playing. And then again, the tackling. I mean, we've seen issues with Cowboys teams in the past, even when they've had preseason games, where uh, it takes a while to get up to speed as far as the tackling is concerned. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see, uh, starting tonight with this Chiefs-Texans game, just what uh, brand of football we're going to be watching here. You know, everybody asks I think, what Bill, kind of – when you look at it – Oh, we got Everson. Hey, we got Everson. Oh, hey, he, he just jumps I'm in without to... introducing himself, you know. Everybody knows I'm who Everson is. Seamlessly. No I'm trying to be as seamless as possible. <laughs> you just ruined that for me, Spence. <laughs> but no, as I as I was listening to Bill, uh, we had talked about this earlier about how uh, the timing is extremely important, not just when it comes to covering man to man or things of that nature, but when it comes to contact. You know, you have to have a uh, I mean, you have an instinct for it, of course, because you've been hitting people all your lives since you're in Pee Wee League. But at the same time, uh, you have to worry about not just injuring yourself, but you have these, these still people trying to get accustomed to uh, not hitting someone in the head instinctively, uh, they, those kind of things. I think you're going to see a lot of penalties where players are going to be leading with their heads uh, unintentionally. Be, well, it's going to be intentional, but it's because that's been your instinct for all these years. And now all of a sudden we have to adhere to these still relatively new uh, rules in regards to contact with the crown of the helmet. You see, those things have to be 
they have to be nourished a little bit. They have, you have to have your timing together in that regard so that not just you don't injure your player and get a penalty, but you don't injure yourself either as, as an attacker. You know, what occurred to me uh, today, you know, the Cowboys have this drill where they kind of practice tackling uh, and everybody lands on a, a pad on the ground. You know, we always talk about, well, what about tackling? Well, what about getting tackled? You know, how long does it take to get used to somebody laying you out, knocking the daylights out of you, but still holding on to the football? You know, and funny story from way back uh, when Emmett Smith got to the point where in training camp he basically didn't take any snaps during preseason. And I remember one time I went up to him and I said, well, don't you need to take a couple snaps to kind of get used to getting hit? And he looked at me like I was cross-eyed. And he goes, are you crazy? He goes, I don't need to be reminded what it feels like to get hit. <laughs> but I'm thinking you've you got to be able to remember to hold on to the football when you're getting blasted like that. So that, there's another element. It's not that, just, it's, go ahead. It's, 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 not, it's not just, you know, being hit, but how you get hit. Uh, you see runners who have an amazing ability to take the blow on a certain part of their body and keep on keep the legs churning. Uh, there are times when two uh, defenders might come at a, a runner and instinctively he will know how to make those two defenders uh, negate their power by, you know, sliding in there just at the right time. The timing has to be impeccable. That's things that Dorsett and, and Emmett Smith and all the great runners, they do instinctively, but they do them after they've gone through training camp and after they've gone through some preseason games to where that timing really does have to be impeccable. And I got to tell you, we're going to see some moments to where running backs are going to look a little bit awkward and even the defenders are going to look a little bit uh, elementary because they haven't really had a chance to go at it uh, in preseason. And now here it is. It's game time. It's game time. You're going to be geeked up. You're going to be ready to go out there and play. And you got to be careful because these are some unusual moments with no preparation or very little preparation. And Everson, it doesn't matter that there are no fans in the stands. From a player's perspective, wouldn't you say that, uh, I mean, you, you get motivated to play regardless of what's, out, what's in the stands. You're focused on, on what's happening on that field, right? I, I was always motivated in spring practice. It didn't really matter. I, you know, when it comes down to playing ball, you line up against that guy. You got to make sure you do your job. So uh, as much as you want to get in there and, and, and hear the fans and have them geek you up, so to speak, that's after the play is made. So you still have to concentrate on making the play first. And that's when gonna, what's going to get you geeked up. And your teammates are going to be supporting you from the sidelines as well. So those are the guys that you really need from a priority standpoint. You know, and as we've been watching these NBA games, I think that's what the guys on the court hear. They hear the benches. They hear the guys on the benches. That's right. Uh, and, and there's that's more right. talking. Now, you know, I've always heard uh, professional athletes say, you know, I really don't hear the crowd when you're playing, you're concentrating. But you can hear the noise, I, I would imagine. And, you know, there's going to be piped, yes, you can. There's gonna be piped in noise. And, uh, and there's a decibel uh, maximum that they're allowed to do. I want to know who the decibel uh, officiator is that, you know, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, it's too loud. you got to turn that down. 
<clears throat> but I'm I sure like they got governor. They have a governor on the dial, so to speak. Okay. They probably have a governor. And on the I dial. like what yeah. Mike when Mike McCarthy was answering the question today about the noise and you have to get used to it. And he said, "I'm a big believer. You've got to make your own noise when you're on." Uh, yes. on, the, on the road. And, and there's some sense to that, too, because, you know, you play well, <clears throat> you quiet that crowd down, and what few fans you have there. And remember, when the Cowboys uh, have been going to L.A., they've had a lot of Cowboy fans in the stadium, too, So especially for the playoff game that year. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that'll one, be one something more, they got to adjust to. Is, uh, when you think about when you think about <clears throat> tennis, you know, when you think about tennis, you don't have any teammates. Right. You know, all you have are coaches in the stands. So you see the tennis players, they really need that. As we, we, we sometimes look at the, the throwback pictures, the crowd is geeking up that tennis player after he's made a great shot. Well, before he makes that great shot, he's honed in <coughs> on his opponent only. Now, of course, once the play is made, then the crowd gets him geeked up. But what's really important is you're honed in on making that play first. So even in tennis, they still need the crowd much more than we do as team players because we have teammates. But at the same time, the, the element is still there. You have to make the play first. And I would imagine, well, Bill, you remember you know, from your high school in. Your high school basketball days when you were on a fast break and you could hear the crowd getting excited when you were getting ready to hit a layup, right? Or maybe a dunk. I don't know. No, 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 the alley-oop. Yeah. Alley-oop for Bill, I'm sure. Yeah, that's exactly right. No, I I do remember that that JV game. that JV game my sophomore year against Arlington Sam Houston, I got fouled with no time left on the clock. We're down by two. I need Uh-oh. to make two free throws in order to force overtime. And the varsity crowd was roaring, okay? And I sit calmly. I stand calmly at the line, sink both free throws, force overtime, and then we lose in overtime. So, oh, yeah, exactly what you're talking about. In fact, I probably I got the trophy on the wall behind me from the R.L. Turner All-Tournament Team. Oh, Along with Ren Wright. God. You remember Ren Wright, Mike Battle, those guys at Roosevelt? Yeah, ever since I can hang with those guys. That's right, baby. Ren Wright. Ren Wright was a bad boy, man. He was. That's, That's right. right. His brother Carl Wright, too. Carl That's Wright, totally too. Right. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Yes, That's right. sir. SMU, right? Quick story. Carl Quick story. Uh, yeah, try right. Quick story. The, the R.L. Turner tournament, we played Roosevelt <laughs> on a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We show up. We're Irving MacArthur, okay, we're n- nothing, okay? <laughs> we're playing Dallas Roosevelt, and it's 8.50. We're looking at the clock, 8.59, and Roosevelt hasn't walked in the gym yet. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so the clock strikes 9 o'clock, and here they come, strolling in. Ren Wright, uh, Mike Battle, who played at Baylor. Wright Mike Battle, A&M. yes, sir. Right. Yes, sir. And Quinn Andrus is a great point guard for him. Anyway, they didn't warm up. They didn't do nothing. They took their sweats <laughs> off, walked out of the court, and they beat us 85 to 40. Oh, <laughs> by my golly, God. I made the all-tournament team. <laughs> Way to go, Bill. Way to go. save face. You hung, right? right? I, you hung. I think, I think we digressed a little bit. Yeah, we yeah. did. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mickey, I want to hear what happened on the practice field today, but how about we take a break first and we hone in on what you (laughs) saw on the practice field as the Cowboys were in pads today, getting ready for these Los Angeles Rams. Back in a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, 
cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Make the most of summer with Ford, America's best-selling brand during the Ford Summer Sales Event. With great offers on a huge selection of Ford SUVs and the largest selection of truck inventory to choose from. Get huge offers across the Ford lineup. So grab the family and head out. Ford's helping you make the most out of summer. It's easier now during the Ford Summer Sales Event. Based on 2019 calendar year total sales. Based on auto data compact and full-size stock inventory as of June 2020. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Back, back, back to Mick Shots. Cinema Drive-Ins brings the classic nostalgia of a drive-in movie to the star. Enjoy all the features of these timeless outdoor theaters in a safe and innovative environment brought into the 21st century with the latest technologies, stunning visuals, and the latest and greatest Hollywood blockbusters. New movies are featured every weekend in the Gaylord lot at the Star in Frisco. For details, visit thestarinfrisco.com. Hey, well, Silky back smooth, here Bill. Way to go, man. Silky smooth. Kind of smooth, baby. right? Yeah. As opposed to Spagnola, sounds like a kind of like record or my something. Silky smooth <laughs> jump shot. Oh, very the nice. Tournament in the R.L. Turner tournament back in the day. All right. Uh, Mickey, what yes. happened on that practice field today? Who was out there? Well, it was uh, good news for the Cowboys because dressed and practicing uh, once again is Xavier Woods, Chitabe Awuzie, and Amari Cooper. So if those were the three guys everybody was worried about, uh, they were in full practice today. Uh, as a matter of fact, I, I believe when the injury report came out yesterday, uh, Woods wasn't even on it. So. Uh, he should be good to go. And really, the only guy other than the guys on injured reserve that aren't practicing, can't practice with the team, uh, that was uh, had been missing was Jordan Lewis. And he was back on, at yes. least out on the field today. So he was, you know, dressed okay. out like he was going to practice, and then he got on the resistant cord. So that was a step in the right direction. And really, that's the first time we've seen him practice, in, or at least out there, in like two weeks when he uh, turned his ankle uh, in practice when they were inside the, the Ford Center. Uh, so uh, that was good news. And 
you know, the only, you know, the only, I still, and we talked about it yesterday, that big question. Oh, and by the way, Brandon Carr, no worse from the wear. He was back out there again today. Uh, Mike McCarthy said, you know, we'll just have to see going along. You know, Jerry said early in the week, you know, he didn't think it was, you know, reasonable to put him out there having not gone through uh, any training camp practices, but two practices in the row for him. So really, uh, you know, the big question mark for the Cowboys, I think, is the fact that, you know, Lael Collins is on IR and they've got to compensate for his absence. And we talked about it yesterday. And, you know, first guy up looks like it's Cam Irving, but we'll see. Terrence Steele uh, is a possibility because those are really the only other two tackles uh, on the 53-man roster. Now, Brandon Knight has played some tackle. He played tackle last year. He's played some guard. Uh, so between those guys, that looks like what they're going to have to try uh, to do uh, without Lael Collins uh, on the field. Wow. So how do you feel about that? You know, you look at uh, Cam Irving last year and going into the season opener for the Kansas City Chiefs, he did not know he was going to be playing a lot in that game. Eric Fisher, their left tackle, got hurt in that season opener. I believe in the first half of the game he got put in. And he wound up starting eight games at left tackle for the Chiefs. And season turned out pretty well for Kansas City last year. Uh, now we'll see him uh, at right tackle, which I would assume would be better for him. Uh, the one thing about the Rams, they don't have the what appears to be the elite pass rusher uh, that, uh, that some other teams in the league have. So maybe he catches a break there against the Rams. But as soon as I say that, someone will have a career day. Or, or they'll well, move, know, you, you they'll got, move Aaron uh, Donald Aaron from the Donald middle to the outside. Yeah, Everson. Right. Uh, they'll, they'll, <laughs> I guarantee you they will look for the soft spot and say, okay, that's where you play. Because I don't think there's any, any doubt that he'll either be up uh, on, on Joe Looney or in between Looney and Connor Williams. Uh, and if that doesn't work out as well and they're having some luck on the outside, he can rush as a defensive end. And, you know, maybe the good thing for the Cowboys is, you know, who knows how much they'll be in, in nickel. Uh, but when they go to the nickel offense, then the Rams go four down and maybe the guy, uh, the nose tackles no longer head up on Looney where he can help out one side or the other wherever Donald is if he's in the middle at defensive tackle. I tell you what, you have to be uh, be beware of where they what they're going to do with Aaron Donald. Uh, you know, with lack of preparation, things of that nature, it could be an opportunity for the Rams to take advantage of what they might perceive to be Cowboys not really being prepared on that offensive line, especially even with the injury uh, to Collins. That kind of concerns me just a little bit because. You know, of course, you can start moving him around and see how confusing things can be for the Cowboys offensive line because even though we're one of the best in the league, you know, we, we still depend on what we know. And right now, it is all part of the unknown coming into the game on Sunday. Uh, the other thing with Jordan Lewis, I'm a bit concerned about that, Spags. Uh, we need that experienced uh, third DB. Uh, they're going to come out in that slot. They're going to have uh, 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 Mr. Cup is going to be coming in there trying to light things up as, as well as he did last year. Uh, you're talking about uh, uh, hot sauce with a little habanero added to it. 
that's how good this guy was because he, he really had a great season last year and uh, he had a lot of it from the slot position. So let's see how uh, we are going to uh, do on third downs or when they start opening things up because let's face it, their running game is going to be suspect. The Rams' running game, I think, is going to be suspect because they lost the running backs. Uh, but now here you are, you have uh, two really good wide receivers, at least two good wide receivers and a heck of a tight end. So their, their, their game plan might go from the conservative uh, running game plan to really opening it up right away and trying to test our secondary. So Jordan Lewis will be a guy that we need to have in there. If not, we're going to go with some guys with a little bit less experience at uh, playing the Cowboys slot. Well, the <clears throat> one saving grace, and, and while they've worked him at both corner and safety, uh, Daryl uh, Worley uh, is a guy that can probably step into the slot. Uh, and, you know, he started games. He, he was a starter for the Raiders. Uh, so uh, from an experience standpoint, you're right about the rest of them, Everson, but this guy gives them some experience, and they can play with it. You know, Anthony Brown has played in the slot. Uh, they've, they've put Cheeto, you know, at times in the slot. So, and the fact that we'll see how much confidence they have in, in, in Trayvon Diggs. Uh, because if if they trust yes, him outside, then you can do stuff with the other guys uh, inside, uh, and you have the ability to play about three different guys inside with Jordan Lewis uh, not there. And really, I mean, it seems like almost the majority of training camp that Jordan Lewis hasn't been here. So it's not like they were counting on him uh, at any point uh, during this. So uh, they'll have a pretty good rotation, uh, I would think, and. You know, and they should cause, and, and here's where the saving grace is, if there's a saving grace. They better cause some problems up front with that pass rush. You know, there they've you go. got some guys there that can go, go right? Uh, and, and they need to create problems. You know, you mentioned the running game, and I referred back to how the Cowboys got beat in the playoff game against the Rams. But last year, when they beat them 44-21, the Rams ran for 22 yards. I had forgotten that. I'd also forgotten that after the game was 7-7, the Cowboys scored 30 straight points on the Rams, and they were beating them 37-7 before they scored two late touchdowns. So I don't know if the Rams go look at that film and, and, and get pissed off, uh, or they look and go, gosh, we weren't really that good last time we played this team. Or maybe they just burned it. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. probably what I would do. Right? No, no sense looking at <laughs> if this, got right? beat like that, we don't want to see that anymore. I, you know, that was when, uh, you know, after, after Sean McVay was just really thrown out there as like one of the smartest coaches in the NFL, all of a sudden they have this injury to Gurley. Uh, Cup Coach too, McVay right? Gurley had this weird, and they had this weird relationship to where all of a sudden, I don't know if, if he was really as injured as uh, Coach McVay said he was or if Gurley was as healthy as Gurley kept saying he was, but that became a clash within that entire organization based on that uh, deteriorating relationship. And that that, that kind of led to a lot of downfall in regards to uh, the Rams and a lot of uh, unmet expectations. Uh, um, I, I, I would imagine that as smart as McVeigh is, I'm hoping, well, I'm sure the Rams uh, fans are hoping that he has remedied that whole situation. But I still believe 
they don't have a proven running back right now. I don't think for the start of the game, and I, I would dare believe that uh, they're going to see if Jared Goff is the quarterback that they paid all this money to. Everybody's got a new contract but Dak Prescott. So let's see if Jared Goff can really come through and show that he's worth all the money that they just paid him. And uh, they're going to put the ball, I think, in his hands. Okay, when we come back here on Mix Shots, I'm going to open up my big green NFL draft scouting notebook, and we're going to take a look at a couple of rookies that might impact this game for the Los Angeles Rams. And Everson, I want to get your scouting report on your homework assignment for this week. That would be one of those rookies taken late in the second round, Van Jefferson, the yes, receiver sir. from Florida. That's when Mix Shots continues in a moment. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week proudly wearing the star to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back, back, back to Mick Shots. Now, more than ever, the Cowboys want to recognize our fans and everything you do to make football, well, football. As part of the NFL Fan of the Year contest, we're launching a search for one extraordinary Cowboys fan who is a positive influence and or inspires other others through the love of the game. Visit NFL.com slash fan of the year now to learn more and nominate yourself or you can nominate Everson Walls for a chance to be named NFL fan of the year. <laughs> that wasn't bad, Spags. You actually improved on that one. I like that. I got to yeah, take reading lessons. Better you know? and better. 
Those, those reading glasses have really helped out. This Absolutely. Yeah, the new ones. Yeah. He got them out of his ass. All right, um, <laughs> Mickey, before we uh, jump in uh, more on the Rams, on that right tackle position and Mike McCarthy, the press conference today when he was asked about right tackle, uh, share your little thought on that. Basically, I think he pulled a Bill Parcells on us because uh, he knew that question was coming. So when he when he got the question about update on the right tackle, and he basically said, "I got nothing," <laughs> and then he and then he went on to expand and said, uh, "He goes, why do you think I've been answering those other questions so long? I thought we'd run out of time before you asked me about it." So and then he basically <laughs> said, "Hey, we'll have eight linemen up. So if you have eight linemen up, by the way." Uh, uh, you can expand the game day roster from 46 to 48. Uh, so uh, he'll have, a, you know, somebody's got to be the backup center, somebody's got to be the backup guard, uh, and you need a backup tackle since the tackle, backup tackle is, is, is starting. Uh, so he said there'll be a combination of things. So he was very, very vague. And, you know, sometimes, and I keep saying this, he becomes more vague than Jason Garrett was, and Jason Garrett was pretty vanilla when answering some of those <laughs> positional questions. He was downright beige. Forget vanilla. Jason <laughs> Garrett was just beige. He was beige. He was, boring. <laughs> he, he was and, uh, and the good thing for uh, Mike McCarthy right now is he hasn't uh, lost any games yet. Hadn't won any yet either, but uh, um, and so it's a very good thing before you've played a game because all of it looks like wow, he really looks like he's you know he's he's making sure he's uh, dotting all the i's, crossing all the t's. He's not going to give away any trade secrets, and so he's getting credit for all of that evasiveness right now. But if the team starts losing games, then it turns on a, on a coach. But it is interesting. That is a ploy that a lot of coaches use in a press conference that if you just talk long enough, then you eat up all the time and they don't have as many questions to ask you because, oh, we're out of time. Bill, Bill Parcells was the professor at that. He would tell all these interesting stories, and then he'd look at the clock, and it's like, oh, my 20 minutes are up. Got to go. <laughs> and you didn't get a chance to ask him what you really wanted to ask him. He was great. <laughs> All right, uh, I've got my big green NFL draft scouting notebook out. Let me show it off here. Okay, there's a reason in the springtime I do all this work on these draft prospects. And I'm telling you, I don't know that it's – I agree with you, Everson, that there is not a proven, established running back for the Rams to replace Todd Gurley right now. But the guy they want to eventually be that guy is Cam Akers, who they drafted in the second round out of Florida State. And he's one, of my, he's one of the guys that I've looked at in the draft and thought, you know, this guy's got a shot at really being something. Uh, at, on a bad Florida State team last year, he had 18 touchdowns. And, wow. uh, you know, and he, he uh, I mean, it's phenomenal uh, his, uh, what he was coming out of high school in Clinton, Mississippi. You remember Marcus Dupree. He was compared to Marcus Dupree, uh, who is the greatest player ever to come out of Mississippi, uh, greatest running back out of there. And uh, so anyway, he's a young guy. He just turned 21, but uh, he's got, I think he's got it all. And it just remains to be seen how quickly can he transition. I think the Cowboys might be catching a break playing the Rams in the first game of the year uh, where he hasn't been able to get his legs, so to speak, in the league and not having uh, the offseason as well. All right, but let me uh, – 
Tell me about Van Jefferson. What have you uh, figured out on Van Jefferson, who's that other, uh, that third receiver behind Cooper Cup and Robert Woods? And, of course, you got Josh Reynolds in the mix as well yes. for the Rams. Yes, You know, you have Josh Reynolds in the mix. And uh, uh, what's that? He's an A&M guy, right? It, it yep. a, yes. I believe yep. he's an A&M guy. Uh, been pretty uh, uneventful in regards to, to Josh Reynolds, but that's why they signed uh, Van. Uh, they were hoping that they can get some size in here. Uh, the guy's about almost, he's almost 6'2". Uh, he's about 200 plus pounds. One of those big, strong receivers that you saw uh, in the SEC. I talked about uh, the studs that are coming out of college these days. He would be considered one of those studs. Uh, when he came into camp, all the, 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 the Rams brass talked about was just his uh, amazing hands, uh, his patience as a route runner, and uh, uh, his ability to make plays. So uh, when you look at him, he reminds you of the old Henry Ellert type of players, guys who were very disciplined in their route running. Uh, I saw some videos of him coming off the line of scrimmage. If you allow him to sit there and make his moves off the line, he will cross you up and probably break your ankles. He is that kind of a receiver. But I have never seen him handle the press well from an aggressive defensive back. Uh, what I saw with, with uh, the videos uh, leading up to uh, looking him up, uh, I saw a bunch of small DBs. We don't deal in really small DBs here in Dallas. We've got some big guys that are pretty physical and it's going to be a real test to see how well he plays. And if, if, if he does play a, a sum in the slot, but his main thing is being out wide and being isolated. I have never seen him play in the slot. I have never seen him go in motion either, Bill. So he looks like one of those guys that they, they depend on, such as a Dez Bryant. He's going to be designated to be that physical receiver to make the tough catch. He made it throughout his entire career at Florida uh, after transferring from Georgia. And uh, they're waiting on him to just live up to his potential. Our goal here, of course, in Dallas is to make sure that he does not. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, it being his first NFL game, too. And uh, yeah, yeah, he started his career at Ole Miss and then transferred to Florida. I'm sorry. But, yeah. but and which, uh, by the way, that, you know, he's well coached. You know, he's well coached. His dad, Sean Jefferson, played in the league Very good. Uh, for many years. And he's, uh, I believe he's still with the Jets, the receivers coach with the Jets. Yes. yes. And by the way, Bill, on uh, Cam Akers, I just got a call down from Walter Payton and said, well, let's ease up on him being the best running back to come out of the state of Mississippi. Let's, okay? calm, let's calm down the Mississippi thing. Right, yeah. the best, maybe the yeah. best I high got school Mississippi running back. on lockdown. Let's, let's right, go no, do right, let, me, let me rephrase that. He was the most accomplished High school, right? Okay. Back, yeah, because no, no one, go, no okay. one knew that Walter Payton was yeah. in Columbia, as Mississippi. As I said that, I said, oh, there's going to be somebody from Mississippi. You know, there's going to be somebody. Sure enough, Walter Payton. Okay. And, 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 and you know, maybe, um, and Walter's brother probably would, would maybe disagree with you also. That's true. Very true. Oh, Eddie, Eddie Payton. Eddie yes. Payton. 
And by the way, when he All was right, talking Mickey, about you... when Everson was talking about uh, small receivers, I mean small cornerbacks that the Cowboys don't have any, I said. All I can think of, and I learned my lesson on small corners, was Ron Francis, a, a teammate of yours, Everson. Guy could cover. He was Bailey always University. there, but he could never get to the football. And you know what else? Uh, you want to you chastise him you know, for giving up the plays, but he was such a humble, quiet young man yeah. that it's almost as if you, if you were to engage him negatively – he would just go into a shell. He was one of the more quiet teammates I've ever had. And I, I hope he's doing well. I hope he's doing well in life. He was a really good dude. Yeah, he really was. Good dude. All right, I'm now researching Walter Payton's high school career. <laughs> <laughs> a little late for that now, Bill. You already put your foot in your mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but, but when you talk, When you talk about Jefferson, he is a guy with great potential. I would be extremely surprised if he was uh, significant in this ball game. Uh, you're talking about Cup, who is an extreme and, and a very established player. Everyone else is going to be window dressing for he and Bigsby uh, to to make it uh, make it very to try and make it an easier day uh, for uh, uh, Jared Goff. You know the he's guy the Cowboys that and he's going to need that slot. Yeah, do you know the Cowboys that had trouble with in the game last year that they wiped him out was Tyler Higby. He ended up catching 12 yes. passes for 111 yards. Now, they pretty much shut His down entire, their, their uh, wide receivers, but they, they did not control Higby at all. Well, his entire, the last half of his, his uh, season last year, big plays, big game after big game. So we have problems with tight ends in the past. We had uh, Spagnolo out there operating with, uh, off of one leg, and he kicked our butts last year. So... Uh, tight end should be a priority for us to shut down. When you're talking about the slot position and you're talking about the tight end position, those are friendly uh, uh, confines for quarterbacks. If you want to make a living and play it safe, and when you're in trouble, you look for the tight end, you look for the slot man. That's just offense 101. Got to watch out for those Mickey, tight ends named Spagnola, right? <laughs> <laughs> I hate them. <laughs> Uh, Mickey, what do you make of uh, the coach's uh, uh, workout regimen, uh, his weekly uh, in-season uh, practice schedule, where yeah. on Friday is the walkthrough day and Saturday is more of a workout? You know, I, I knew that they did that in Green Bay, where they moved the practice that you would normally have on Friday to Saturday, and it used to upset us reporters because the last injury update you would get would be from the Friday practice. Well, when they practice on Saturday, they didn't have to change their injury update. So you didn't know if significant guys were practicing. That's why I thought they did it. But uh, Mike explained it. it. It was something he learned from track coaches on giving the guys on Friday kind of a regeneration day. All you do is the walkthrough, uh, kind of game-like walkthrough, and then go ahead and have a light one-hour practice on Saturday. He said it kind of uh, ignites your neurological clock, that you, you get yourself in kind of game mentality instead of having a day off 
before you actually go out there and play. So he said he learned that from uh, from uh, track and field coaches, and he'd been doing it the last several years uh, at Green Bay, and he thought it helped cut down, uh, decrease the amount of uh, soft tissue injuries uh, on game day and especially later in the season. So it's kind of a, a strategy he's used now uh, in Green Bay for the latter part of his coaching career there. That is the opposite of what every other coach has been doing and is doing in the NFL. There's something very interesting, though, Spags, because, you know, when you think about it, that gap you have between Friday's practice and Sunday, you know, you, you might, your body might become a little bit too relaxed. And, 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 you know, I think what he's trying to do is really keep not just the, the, the soft tissue thing okay, but mentally you, everything seems to be fresher, I would imagine, going over it on Saturday as opposed to going over things on Friday. You know, think about this. Okay, and we're I, out of time. I know we're out of time. We're, real quick, Bill, even for myself, you work real hard Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, getting ready for a game, and then Saturday you lay off. You don't have to do anything. And I find myself on Sunday going, oh, wait, i got to go back over this stuff to remember what I was supposed to remember on game day. So there might be something to it. All right, Bill, go ahead. Okay, so Mickey, you need to you need to start implementing that in your preparation for the game too. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So take Friday off. Nope, you're no, gonna work can't Friday. Take Friday. We're off. gonna work Friday. <laughs> All right. We're not working Saturday. And we've got our first prediction tonight. The Kansas City Chiefs beat the Houston Texans, right? Are we in agreement? I'm with I you on agree. it. I do agree. I do agree. Yes. All right. So we'll see if we are 1-0 on our predictions for this season. We pick Cowboys-Rams tomorrow on the next episode of Mix Shots. So long, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!